Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For um, the last several days, there's been a more, if I could say this, um, more tangible, stronger anointing I've been sensing. For hours a day, just hours a day. And I sensed it coming in to these meetings tonight. And as I was standing there, he, he said, have him to believe for body parts restored. Body parts restored. Don't think it a hard thing. God is able, not can God. God is able. Not only is he able, it belongs to you. It belongs to you. And you say, I, I, I don't quite know how that could happen. Don't think about it. Choose to believe it. You can choose to believe with your spirit without touching it in your reasoning. Just shut off that mind say, I receive my body part. I, whatever may be missing, whatever may need to be restored, As I was standing there, God brought back that scripture we just read during the offering. I'm going to read it again. Don't, you don't have to pull out your Bibles. Just, just listen. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The context of that passage is referring to money. But if it's true in one arena, it's true in all arenas. For your body, talk about needing body parts put back. Always having all. Those words are true. That we just always having all, all our parts, all our parts. He always expects you to have all. He never expects any of us to go through life missing something. Always having all. If it's true financially, why would it not be true physically? And you need to lay in bed and say, I always have all sufficiency. If a part is missing, it's not sufficient. Something in the body is not sufficient. It's not sufficient for my life, not sufficient for my body to be missing things. People say, well, I can live without it. Well, you can also live without finances, but you're going to have to rely on somebody else to fund you. (laughs) It's not what can I do without. What can I do? 
how can I live? I, I, I can live without that or I can live without that. You might can, but we'd have to go against this to be content to live without something when it's always having all. Amen. All sufficiency. Sufficient number of parts. Amen. Look at this. May abound to every good work. Do you know that when your body is nothing missing and everything working as it ought, you may abound to every good work in that condition in a whole other way than if you're missing something? Hallelujah. You can, you can be seated, but don't unhook because we're, we're, I'm, I'm just letting you be more comfortable, but we're not changing the flow of this. I, David, if you can just kind of stay there doing that. Um, there, it's no mistake that God had us to worship. You say, well, it's part of the worship service, but there's an emphasis. You saw the flow of, of that. It's to help us receive. I want to read to you out of Luke 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. And it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. So notice this, every miracle involves you. A miracle for your life is not going to bypass your involvement. It puts... We have to be involved in some way. He gives us something to obey. So he gave them something to obey. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Doesn't sound very spectacular. Doesn't sound like this can change a life. A life that's destined to die prematurely and painfully. It doesn't sound like it's enough to change a death sentence. These men had a death sentence over them. Go show yourself to the priest. That's it? To change a death sentence? And it came to pass that as they went, or we could say this, as they obeyed. As they just did what he said. Just do what God says to you. He'll always tell you how to cooperate with him. He'll always tell you something. That's why it's so important to follow the Spirit because the Spirit will always tell you how to cooperate. And it's skill that recognizes what He's telling us. So He said, go show yourselves unto the priests. It came to pass that as they went, notice this, they were, what's the word? King James, cleansed. What's that mean? The process of leprosy was stopped. 
Leprosy is a skin disease. It eats at it, but it doesn't just stop with skin. It'll go to the bone. It just starts eating holes. Yeah. It eats off fingers. Yeah. It eats off toes. It eats off facial features. Yeah. It eats off, it just eats off. So and it says they were cleansed. What's that mean? The leprosy left them. That process was arrested, stopped. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. What's this mean? He's not a Jew. He's not been to church. He's not heard. He's not been in Jesus' meetings. He's heard something about Jesus because they cried out to him, but he's not heard message after message after message after message after message. He just simply obeyed. Healing is simple. Yeah. Miracles are simple. So They're not hard. Yeah, that's right. It tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, it says that, well, he tells us in verse 20, attend to my words and climb thine ear into my sayings. It goes on and says, for my words are life, health. The medicine is what the Hebrew says. His words are medicine. Can I tell you how hard it is to take medicine? Put a pill in, swallow it, done. That's it. It's not hard. You can give a baby medicine. They don't even know what you're giving them. They don't understand what it will do for them. And if they don't want to do it, you just lay them back, baby, and you go, here you go. And it just slips down and they can't keep it from having an effect. God's, the victory, the healing, the miracles are as easy as taking medicine. You know what makes it hard? You brought your thought into it. That's what complicates. This Samaritan, I call him Sammy the Samaritan. Let's name him. It was so simple for him. He just did what Jesus said. He didn't say, you do know that we're not allowed to go to the synagogue, right? You do know we're not allowed near the public, right? Near society, right? You, you know that, right? See, they didn't have reasons why they couldn't. Because reasons complicate. Yeah, amen. So we're authorized to have no more reasons, no more no more dealings with reasonings against something he's directed us toward. He fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Jesus never thought, Well, maybe they didn't all receive. He knew they had received. He questioned them, not his word. He didn't question his word to them. Maybe just this one got it. No, he questioned them. They were the variable, not his word. His word is not a variable. Were there not ten cleansed, but where 
are the nine. What's he saying? Where are they? He was looking for them. Yeah. 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 You say, why was he looking for them? In a minute, I'm going to show you why he was looking for them. And he says, there are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith. This man hasn't made a faith confession. All he's done is he's come back and he's worshiped. That's all he did. He worshiped. Jesus called that faith. Brother David leading us in worship. What is worship? It is faith released. Faith released. It's not enough to have faith. That faith has to be released to benefit from it. So we're not just killing time, filling time. We're giving you the opportunity to release faith in a way that your reasoning can't abort things. Amen. Jesus is the high priest. The word calls in Hebrews, it calls him the high priest of our profession or of our confession, right? A confession means to say the same thing as. So we, he, he's called the high priest of our confession. So what does that mean? It's within his responsibility to make sure what you confessed comes to pass. He's the high priest of that. When we don't confess, we haven't given him anything to fulfill as high priest. Now, He's the high priest. Notice what it doesn't call him. He's not the high priest of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, but he's not the high priest of our faith. He's the high priest of our confession. What is our confession? Faith released. He can only do something with faith that has been released. He can't do something with faith you have. As long as you have it, he doesn't. You've got to release it to the high priest. And he makes sure that that is good in your life. He's the high priest of that. Worship is the release of faith because you are confessing the same thing as what the word says about God. You're worthy. We give you thanks. All of those are eternal type words. They're truth words. You're releasing faith when you worship. Don't just treat it as we got to get through the song because that's the part of the service we're in. We're releasing faith. So he said, Jesus said, arise, go thy way, thy faith. Remember, Jesus called his worship faith. Thy faith hath made thee whole. The others, it said, cleansed. This one, whole. What's that mean? For the others, the process of leprosy was stopped, but for this one, body parts were put back. When did that happen? During worship. You need to come to church and look for worship time because things can be put back 
during that flow, that setting, that release of faith. If we say this, thy, Jesus said, thy faith has made thee whole. His act of faith was worship. We could say it this way, your worship made you whole. Your worship made you whole. Your worship put body parts back. Your, your worship restored things. Your worship did that because that's an act of faith. You can worship your way into wholeness. You can worship your way to body parts put back. Well, Pastor Nancy, I mean, I've worshiped and I've not seen anything remarkable happen, but your heart has to be attached to it. If your heart isn't in the worship, why would his heart be in the worship? Right? And it's not hard. You, you worship from your heart, right? When you say, well, how do I know if I'm worshiping from my heart or from my spirit? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever said to anybody, I love you? A family member, a child, a spouse, anybody, I love you? Did you mean it? Because there's a lot of people who say it and don't mean it. They're just trying to get something. Right? They're trying to work an angle. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to enrich themselves somehow. They're trying to get something they didn't have before. But if you ever said it and you meant it, then that's from your heart. Amen. When you worship, mean it. Yeah. Mean it. And if we're not careful, we can have a posture of worship without meaning it. Yes. We can have our eyes closed and our hands lifted and we're still not meaning it because we're in a habit of being distracted. Yes. You, you know this Samaritan was not distracted when he went back. Jesus wasn't in an alone place. He was still out in public. There's a lot of things going on. There's foot traffic. There's public life going on. And all this man saw was the man. He was worshiping. That's it. Um, we, my husband and I went one time there was, um, we went to Angelus Temple. Now, Angelus Temple is in Los Angeles. It's the church that Amy Simple McPherson built back in 1923, it opened. It's, the building is still there. It's a landmark building in the city. It's a fabulous building. And we were going through there and getting a tour of it. And the person who gave us a tour was a, a minister um, we, we've known him well, and he was part of the church when Amy Simple McPherson was alive. Wow. She performed the wedding ceremony for him and his wife. And so he was a, he was a, a leading figure there in that, in Angela's temple, but also in her denomination. So he's giving us the tour and he's telling us things that nobody else gets to hear because he, they were students in her Bible school. They were part of her congregation. And she told, he, I don't know where he heard it. I don't know if it was in the Bible school or in the church, but she told of a story that happened before she really started in full-time ministry. She, she married a man when she was, I believe, 18 or 19, Robert Simple. 
He wanted to be a missionary to China, but before they went to China, he ended up dying when they got over to China. But uh, before they went, they, they itinerated. They went around to some churches and she, he was the preacher. She was new to all this. But a, a pastor said to her, said, would you do the morning service for us? And she did not have a whole, um, you know, a whole reservoir of sermons. She, she was new in all this. So she really relied on God for the direction of what to do in the service. And in that, God spoke to her and said there were about 50 people in the morning service that morning. And God spoke to her and said, I want to perform a creative miracle this morning. So she said to the people, God said he wants to perform a creative miracle. Who needs a creative miracle? And no one came forward. And you know, especially when you're newer in ministry and you don't have a bunch of sermons you can just pull out of your pocket, you know? You're very reliant upon the Holy Ghost. And so she said, this is what God says he wants to do. I can't do something different. I don't have something different than what he said to do. So she kept calling and no one came. And so she just sat down. There were like three steps that led up to a a low platform. And she just sat down and they just, she said, well, let's just worship. And they just worshiped for about 30 minutes and nobody came forward. I mean, they're just sitting there worshiping. And finally, a man gets up from the back row and he's carrying a blanket. And he says, I know you were calling for a creative miracle, but I didn't know if you meant this much of one. And he handed her this blanket and she's still sitting on the steps and she takes the blanket. She knows there's a baby inside. And so she just lays that little baby on on her on her lap and she pulls it back and this baby's completely deformed completely deformed. He had flippers for arms, not just like little hands on the end and the end of a shoulder. He had flippers for legs. The head was deformed and misshaped. There were no eyeballs in the sockets. I mean, completely deformed. And I'm so glad that she kept it simple. I'm so glad she kept it. She didn't know anything else but simple, you know? And so she, she just said, let's just worship the Lord. I mean, you, as a, as a human, what you going to do about this? Nothing. Nothing. You can't fix that, but you can be occupied with the one who can do it all and will do it all if he's allowed to. So she just said, let's just worship. And as they worshiped about another 30 minutes, so it's about an hour into the service or more. And after another 30 minutes of them just worshiping, they just let, they took the time. They took time in the service to worship. And after about 30 minutes, she said that the baby's head looked like a lump of Play-Doh in the sense that it was so soft and, 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 and like invisible fingers took and reshaped that head right in front of her eyes. She didn't see the fingers, but it was like she just saw the reshaping happen as you would take Play-Doh and reshape it to whatever suits you. And then she said, all of a sudden, she did see like small whirlpools began over his eyes and went into the eyes and created eyeballs in the sockets. And then as they just, they just kept worshiping. And then she said, all of a sudden, an, an arm came out. And then another arm and a leg came out and another leg came out. 
And after 30 or more minutes of just worshiping, she handed the baby back to the man whole. Why? The worship made the baby whole. Why? Because that's faith. And the power of God meets faith. So when we have a worship time during any service, never treat it as a song service. It is an opening up. <laughs> Amen. Now, as I was sitting there, God said, do you remember the first miracle that happened under this, under Dufresne Ministries? It did, it, we didn't start out as Dufresne Ministries. It started out as Ed Dufresne Ministries. And when he went home, we just called it Dufresne Ministries. Um, why? Because it's not, I didn't want it Nancy Dufresne Ministries because it's a family thing. It's the whole of us. And Ed was, this week I'm, I'm intending it's to talk a lot about the history of the healing anointing in this family. And I'm going to tell different stories and segments of it along the way, but tonight I didn't intend to jump ahead, but I'm, I'm going to because of what God brought out. My husband got saved at the age of 25. The day he got saved, he went to a local church that Sunday morning. That night, he went up to the pastor and said, I've been serving the devil for 25 years. Now that I'm born again, I want to do something for God. And the pastor said, we don't have anyone to clean the toilets. And Ed said, that's my job. I'll clean the toilets. And so he began in the ministry of helps, cleaning the toilets. And as he was faithful to do that, then the pastor asked him to be a door greeter. And I tell you, as enthusiastic as Ed was, those people got greeted. I know they got <laughs> greeted. He was all in. That was one thing about my husband. He was all in. And then after he had done that faithfully, he got promoted to be a deacon. Well, he was, it was a denominational church. It was full gospel, but it was a denomination and they didn't believe in healing. He had never seen anyone have hands laid on them. He had never seen anyone healed. They did, they did, I don't even know, they were supposed to be full gospel. I don't know how much were, were spirit filled. So he is at the church one day and somebody hands him a brochure inviting him to the full gospel businessmen's world convention. For those of you, of you who don't know, I would say what it probably happened and started in the 60s with the full gospel businessmen. There was a real revival in the workforce yes. of America. Yes. And that spread to where businessmen were coming. It, it wasn't so much in the churches. It was them getting together at work and then they would have, um, you know, on the weekends, on, on Saturday, a full gospel businessmen's meeting. And men would just give up and give their testimonies. And it spread and went worldwide. And there was a real move of God within that. So somebody invited Ed to the full gospel businessmen's world convention held in the Denver Hilton Hotel. When they handed him the brochure, God said to him, I want you to go to that. And he said to God, I don't have the money to go to that. And God said to him, sell your house. 
That's a dramatic directive. And so he did. He sold his house. You don't do something like that unless God tells you to. But if he tells you to do something dramatic, a lot of times there's something dramatic connected to it. So he put his house on the market and it sold in one day. One day, which was remarkable. And so within 30 days, he had moved his family into an apartment. He had, um, he had young, uh, one young child. I don't know if, if his second one was born at that time. And um, he put them in an apartment and he made the trip to the Denver Hilton Hotel. For the first time, he heard the word of faith message taught. He heard a man by the name of John Osteen. He heard a man by the name of Kenneth Copeland who had just started his ministry. He heard a man by the name of Kenneth Hagen. And God spoke to him and said, that man is a divine connection in your life. Stay connected to him if you're going to finish what you're born for. And he did. We stayed until Dad Hagen went home. We, he was our spiritual father. And so Ed was exposed for the first time to the Word of Faith message, and it landed in him. And so he came into, you would, in the lobby there at the Hilton, off of, off of that, there were meeting rooms off the lobby, and they were having multiple meetings going on at the same time. In one room was one, one thing happening, in another room was another thing happening. And Ed walked into the lobby and he saw going up into the one of the meeting rooms that he was intending to go into, there was like two steps leading up into that room. And there was a woman laying across those steps. And there was a, a, a singer standing there. And he said to them, what happened to this lady? because he was ready to call 911, do, you know, resuscitation or CPR, something. He thought something's wrong with the woman. And this singer that was sitting there said, oh, she just wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I laid hands on her and she, she's laying out on the floor like that. I had never seen anybody laying on the floor in a public area. In church, you just don't lay on the floor, you know? And so he looked at that and he said within himself, God, I hope you never do something like that. <laughs> and he meant to say to me. And in the midst of making that statement within himself, a light flashed in the entire lobby and a people in a radius, 50 people fell out under the power of God instantly. Yeah. And Jesus walked in. And as my husband was laying there, he put a healing anointing in his hand, a tangible healing anointing. So these services didn't begin with us and this week. Back in 1971 is the, the start of the healing ministry with Dufresne. And so when people fell out in that radius, in that lobby, 
there was a woman who fell on Ed. And he said, and she was large. And he could not get up till she decided to. And he told it more colorfully, I can't do it because it would not land right. But he could say things I couldn't say. So he laid there under this woman for a while. He said, that's the day I got delivered from not liking women preachers. He hadn't been taught not to like, but you know, some people just don't accept. And he said, that never, a woman preacher never bothered me anymore after that event. But he said, she finally got up and then he could get up. And she said to him, something happened to you. He said, yeah, my hand's burning. It's on fire. She said, that's healing power. Then she told him why she was so large. She was wearing a tent dress, just she was so large, nothing with any shape to it. She said, I have a cancerous tumor around my middle and said, I've been given up to die. But she said, but put your hand on me and curse that. And it, isn't it interesting that someone was right there to tutor him a, a little bit because he did not know what this is. And she identified it for him and told him how to minister it. She said, put your hand on me and curse that. And he put his hand in the middle and the, he didn't even say anything, but the moment he touched it, that thing popped like a balloon went down and the dress fell her and she, he said she was normal size. What is this always having all? That when power gets its way, when God's power gets his way, you'll always end up with all, if power is cooperated with, if power is received. And God reminded me that was the first miracle that happened under this ministry. With a cancerous tumor, um, I'm certainly not a doctor and I don't try to, I don't pretend to be, but it eats the body up. For her to be healed, that which had been eaten up by the cancer had to be put back. What was the first miracle that happened under this ministry? Putting things back to. Killing cancer, but putting things back that the cancer destroyed. That was the first miracle. Not, listen, we don't diminish any miracle received, any healing, but it wasn't simply a headache. It was a Notable. And that was the first, God just started out with that. He didn't like build up to it, just started out with that. This leper, why is it that Jesus was disappointed? Well, for two reasons that the 10 didn't come back is number one is that it was a lack of honor to take something and just run. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. To, without showing proper gratitude is never acceptable, saved or unsaved. Yes, yes. amen, amen. I mean, even unsaved people, if, if something good is done for them and they don't, they don't acknowledge that, the people won't do that for them anymore because even unsaved people know what is proper and appropriate. 
So Jesus was saying it's not even appropriate that they took it and then did not even acknowledge the source of this. Right? But not only that, I like, it, I like what it says in verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. He went back to the place where he first got something. That's the importance of the local church. Where you get something, turn back and go back there. You don't have to say, well, I'll keep visiting. Where you get something, you go back there. You don't need God to speak to you. Just know where you got something. Because there's a lot of places you can go and don't get anything, but maybe more confused or more carnal. But when you get something supplied in your life that you didn't have before, go back there. Yes. And he turned back and he went back again. Why? Because in, in God's kingdom, you can't get everything with one visit. That's right. There's more he has. We have to show back up to get more. That's why we keep coming. We don't get tired of church. Why? Because every time we come, there's more. There's more. There's more. We don't just pick one service and say, I'll go to one service. No, every service has something more. Amen. And so I have to wonder, what about these nine when they saw Sammy in town the next day. <laughs> you know Sammy's in town. He's been an outcast too long. He's gone to town. Oh, yeah. 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 He's been forbidden to be among yeah. society. We know where Sammy went. Yeah. He's in town and the others are too because they're cleansed and they went and showed it to the priests that yeah. they were cleansed. Yeah. They were admitted back into society. Yes. So, you know, brother, they're socializing, man. They're visiting buddies. And and they see Sammy and they go, I thought you were missing fingers. I was. Well, I'm still missing fingers. How come you have fingers? Oh, I turned back. I went back. And worshiped. Why was Jesus disappointed? He had wholeness for all of them, but they didn't come back to get the more he had for them. That's why you don't want to dumb, dumb down your schedule and start when time is tight, start taking it away from your local church. Your, your, your time with God is first. Your yes. local church time is first. And then you fit the activities yes. of your life yes. into that. You don't live your life and then fit church in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. That's right. That's right. Amen. And so when these others saw him, they saw what they could have had if they would have worshipped. So in these services, God said to me, body parts put back. That's what he said. Body parts put back. Amen. Amen. Well, but Pastor Nancy, you understand I've had this. Quit thinking. Body parts put back. Don't. It's not about what the doctor said. It's, and the doctor's not the enemy. The doctor's not the problem. 
What they said is not the problem. It's what we decide to hold to. Amen. You don't have to change the doctor's confession for you to be healed. We, Morgan went one time, there was a, a precious gal in our church, and I mean, she was bold in faith. And she had some kind of physical thing that came up and the doctors came in and didn't give her, I don't know what the report, but it was a serious thing. And she said to Morgan, she said, it doesn't matter what they say, it matters what I say. That's right. It matters what I say. It matters that those who need body parts, it matters what you say. It matters what you say. Amen. It matters what you say. Jesus came up to the man at the pool of Bethesda and he asked him one question. Wilt thou be made whole? He did not just offer him healing. He offered him wholeness. God does not just offer us healing. Healing belongs to us, but healing to the point of wholeness. Wholeness. Why are we less than whole? Because we settle for less than whole. Yes. Yes. We, can ha- we will have in our life everything we're okay with. God will let us have everything we're okay with, but when we say, I'm not okay with that anymore, power will back you up. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. You say, what are you going to do next? I don't know. Let's see what we do next. But I just know what he said. He offers us wholeness. But he said body parts body parts put back. Amen. Body parts can be put back at once or body parts can be put back, if I could say this, over time. It doesn't matter how... uh, God doesn't need our counsel or our opinion. (laughs) Amen. So let's just worship. Let's worship. Lord, we worship you.
many in here, if you say something has been removed through a surgery of some kind, or you were born with something missing, or there was an accident that caused something to be missing, raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand real high so I can see. So I can, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of you. How many of you know what belongs to you? Just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if that's you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. I, I'm, going, I'm going to have this side right over here. I'm going to ask the front row, can y'all, I don't know if they've given you directives of, of making room for, the, just go to either side real quick. in this section that had your hand raised this is not a general healing line this is just for those say body parts missing come up here come up here those out of this far section and just follow the direction of the uh, take them on just follow where they direct you to go if you would just keep walking on down just keep walking on down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rochelle, move that stuff off that chair. Move the stuff off the chairs, y'all. Hallelujah. Congregation, doesn't it matter to us that they receive what Jesus... Listen, healing and wholeness is important to God. It's important to Him that these people receive. To know how important it is, know what happened to Jesus' back. That's how important it is. Those stripes that were laid upon Him. That's how important it is to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Congregation, I want you to reach your hands out to these that are lining this front area. Hallelujah. I'm going to start at this end. Those of you that are up here say, when hands are laid on me, I want just the whole congregation say it because we're going to minister to others. When hands are laid on me, the anointing of God will go into my body and I shall be whole. I receive body parts put back. I receive wholeness, always having all. That's me. Hallelujah. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Have them to scoop back up to the chair. You can touch your legs to the chair. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Whole in Jesus. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in, uh, in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole 
in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Those of you who have been ministered to, you can go back to your seat if you would. in the aisle waiting? Okay. About this section, come to this aisle, if you would. If you have, if not, this is not a general heating line. It's just body parts put back. Hallelujah. We want to honor what the, what the Holy Ghost is emphasizing right now, right? Healing belongs to all of us. You can stand at your chair and receive whatever the need is, but we want to spotlight what he's spotlighting at this moment. Go all the way to the... All the way down. Perfect. reach your hands out toward these we thank you father we thank you father we glorify you we glorify you be whole in Jesus name 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 be whole in, in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole. Father, I thank you. <laughs> Creative miracle. We thank you for it, Father. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Now this section, if you would, come out to this aisle. And once you get out in the aisle, move real quickly down to the far, the far end of this front aisle. Move really quickly. Move really quickly, if you would. Go all the way down for me.
remember what Jesus told that leper, your faith made you whole, your worship made you whole. Amen. You have your assignment when you leave this place. Thank you that I'm whole. 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 Don't touch in the mental arena about your body. How's he going to do it? How long is it going to take? Just know this. When you ask questions, you just got back into the mental arena. Stay in the faith arena. What's faith? I believe. Shut the mind down. You don't have to figure out anything, reason out anything, reconcile something. Just say, thank you that I'm whole. Thank you that I'm whole. Thank you that I'm whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all lift up our hands and thank him tonight and worship him tonight for it. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.